So my friends, today we hear this parable of the wedding feast. Jesus, this is one of the parables that takes place. Jesus, at this point, is already in Jerusalem. All the rest of the readings we'll have until the first Sunday of Advent take place in the first few days of Holy Week as Jesus is debating now, not just with local yokel Pharisees and synagogue leaders, but now these are the chief priests and the the elders of the people in the capital city, Jerusalem. And so Jesus uh, is debating with them as they're challenging his ministry. And he uses here the example of the marriage feast, of the king who gives a marriage feast for his son. And this is meant to point for us to the reality of what's going to happen just a few days from when our Lord tells this parable, that his Father, God the Father, is the King, and Christ his Son is the Bridegroom. And what ends up happening at Holy Thursday uh, and Good Friday is very much the language of a marriage feast. There's some awesome research done into particularly John's account of the Passion that really presents Jesus as the person of the bridegroom. And if Christ is the bridegroom, who's the bride? We are. The church, the new Israel, that we are the bride. And so this is the marriage feast of God and his people with Christ the bridegroom and his bride, the church. And it's a joyful celebration that to be united in this covenant relationship with God is a joyful celebration. And so the king sends out to invite the wedding guests. He sends his servants out. He takes the initiative. Go out, right? Tell the invited guests, everything is ready. Come to the party. It's an invitation, but it's not a... Um, I mean, this is the party of the millennium we're talking about, right? It's, it's an invitation. Sometimes I may get invited to something and it's like, yeah, you could take it or leave it. Like, I could show up or not show up. Other times, you know, like, you get an invitation and you got to show up. Like, this is something I'm expected to be at. Because of my role uh, as I'm the dean of Deanery 4 for the Archdiocese, so I kind of help coordinate activities in New Britain, Bristol, Plainville, and Kensington. So I'm a dean. It really means I have to go to more meetings, but whatever. Uh, and because of that, I was invited to attend a lunch uh, before Archbishop Coyne's massive welcome. And, you know, his family was there and visiting bishops were there and all of the deans and members of the Presbyteral Council were there kind of representing the priests of the archdiocese. And so I was, I was invited, right? It wasn't a take-it-or-leave-it invitation. It was like, yeah, Father Casey, you're invited. So show, be there by 1045 to get on the bus because you're going to lunch to represent the, the area that you represent, right? So it wasn't a, it wasn't a free invitation. Like, you're going to show up. And if you're not there, we're going to add, you better have a really, really good excuse. Well, when you get invited to the marriage feast of the king, when you get invited to his son's wedding, it is, it is a expectation to, this is the king, and you're the invited guest. And so he sends out his servants, and we hear 
our English translation says they refused to come. When you look at the Greek a little bit more literally, it's that they just didn't want to go. Like, they, they just didn't want to. They couldn't be bothered. Here is the king throwing the party of the millennium for his son. And he invites his friends, the guests, and they just can't be bothered. They, they, they don't want to go. They have no, no good excuse. They just don't want to go. So what does he do? Well, the first thing, and this is how the king works, he sends other servants. He tries again. He sends other servants to them. We're going to invite them again. Go out and maybe different servants. Maybe there's a personality conflict, whatever. So he takes the initiative here. And this is how God works with us. God takes the initiative. We may refuse him once. He's not going to stop inviting us. And so he sends other servants. And we hear that some ignored the invitation. They just went away. They just flat out ignored the invitation. But others, how ridiculous is this? Others laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and even murdered them. Murdered the servants, inviting them to the party of the millennium. What a stubborn rejection that is of the joy that the king is inviting the people to share in. Well, how do we see this? What do we, what do we see with this? Obviously, the, the imagery is not that subtle. The, what is the marriage feast of the son of the king? Well, Christ the bridegroom, uniting himself to the bride, the church, the marriage feast takes place at the Last Supper and on Good Friday upon the cross. And where is this celebrated every single week? In the Sunday Mass. The Sunday Mass is the joyful celebration of the wedding feast of the Son of the King. And we, as baptized Catholics, are the invited guests. We're invited to the wedding feast. But how often does it happen that those that are invited want to reject the invitation? It is a beautiful fall day, no matter what anyone says, right? It is a beautiful fall day. I am not going to sit in a church. Like that, I am not doing that. I reject the invitation. We are invited to come to Sunday Mass is not just to come to a communal gathering. It's not just to come in, hear a lecture, sermon. It is a celebration of a wedding. It's the wedding feast of the Lamb. And when we are invited, we are the presence of the, the, the gift of your presence is graciously requested at the wedding feast of God the Father for his son, Christ the bridegroom, celebrating Christ's union with his bride, the church, at every Sunday Mass. And we are invited. We as God's people are invited. And how often does it happen? that going to Sunday Mass for us is a chore. And look, those of us who are here this morning, like, great, we, we took up the invitation, right? We're, we're here. We made it. How many people do we each know that didn't make it, that aren't coming to church this Sunday? They're rejecting the invitation to the wedding feast. 
This is rightly, it's right to participate. They reject the invitation. And so we got to keep inviting them, even if they mistreat us. What if, what if the next time I invited someone to Sunday Mass, hey, come to church here this Sunday. What if I knew that they may murder me for that, right? Would I still invite them? Probably, probably not. I'd have Father G invite them, but no, it is like, no, we, we, if, if we knew it was dangerous, right? Um, if we knew that like someone may reject me for inviting them to Mass, well, guess what? It's worth it. It's totally worth it to keep inviting them and to invite them to come to the same party we're going to. We should never say to someone, go to Mass. We should say, come, come with me. Hey, come to church with me this Sunday. I know some people that creatively to get their adult children to go to Mass with them will not only say, hey, why don't you come to Mass? But like, hey, why don't you come to Mass and we'll go out to breakfast after, right? We'll spend a little time together to be creative in the way that we invite people back. Those are the chosen children. But we have this other group of people after the children reject the invitation. We have the group of people that the king says after the, the invited guests reject the invitation, he says, go out to the highways and the byways. Go find those that are just standing around. Invite them in. We want a full house. And so the second point we can consider today is that we may be the invited children. We who are baptized, confirmed, raised Catholic, formed in the faith, we're the invited children. But hey, I see a lot of empty seats, right? So we shouldn't just limit our invitations to Catholics and fallen away Catholics. Go get other people. Go find them. I've never stepped foot in a Catholic church ever in my life. Great, come to church with me. You're welcome here. We want you to join us. Yeah, but I don't know the response. Someone comes into our church because they're looking for God. And they don't know the responses. And they don't know when to sit and stand and kneel. And they parked in our parking spot and they sat in our seat. Praise God. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We want people. We want to invite people in. This is what the king wants to do. Invited. There's still room available. Invite people in. Invite them to the wedding feast. All people, everyone, invited in to share in the celebration. There's room for everyone in our church. There's room for all different types of people, for everyone looking for God. They are welcome here. God is here, and this is where we find him. And so we want to go out and invite all people in to find God here and to be part of the celebration. But then there's a third point. Because as much as we, as the invited guests, should show up and respond to the invitation, and as much as we want to go out and get all peoples and all nations to also show up and respond to the invitation... We hear that there's a man, when the king comes, and he sees all the guests, he sees a man not dressed in a wedding garment. And he gets upset. My friend, how is it that you came here without a wedding garment? Right, you came to the party not wearing the clothes for celebration? How did that happen? This gets all the more interesting and more apparent to us when we see 
that at big parties like this, they'd give you the wedding garment on your way in. So it's not like, oh yeah, I left it at home. Like I left my wedding clothes at home and because I just got invited in from the highway, I didn't get a chance to go home and change. That's not the case at all. They would give you the celebration clothes, right? They'd give out wedding garments to wear as part of the celebration. And so what's with the guy not wearing one? Who decided he's just not gonna dress in a festive way, right? He's not gonna be part of that. Well, a wedding garment is meant to separate out that like we're doing something special here. And again, we're dressing differently. We're dressing in a special for a special occasion because we're acknowledging there's something special happening here. But the fella not wearing a wedding garment is taking the attitude of the host, the thrower of the party, in this case the king, should be happy that I'm here at all. I'm going to be here on my terms. I'm here at the party on my terms. And I'm not going to put on that wedding garment. And all people are welcome. The baptized, the unbaptized, no matter where we are in our moral life, all people are welcome always to come to the church, to come to the Mass. But none of us, baptized or unbaptized or whoever, not a single one of us can come in on our own terms. We don't come to church on our terms. We come to the celebration of the wedding feast of the king's son. We don't come on our own terms. We come on God's terms. We come recognizing that this is a party being thrown for us. We don't expect, we don't, God doesn't owe us anything for the fact that we showed up today. We were invited to a party. He paid for it. He put it on. He died to make it happen. When we show up, we show up with that humility. Humility, each and every one of us, in our own way. We don't come on our own terms. We can't be here just in our pride that God should be proud that I'm, God should, you know, owes me because I'm not here. Each one of us needs to clothe ourselves before coming into Sunday Mass in the wedding garment of humility. That we have to be humble before the Lord. We have to acknowledge that we receive everything from him. And none of us are here on our own terms. And we are handed, we are handed this humility at the beginning of every Mass, when we pray the Confidium, right? I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that person over there is greatly sinned. No, that I, I have greatly sinned. I confess, I'm a sinner, just like everyone else. And even when we pray the Confidium, right, we, we strike our own breast, right? Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault to clothe ourselves in humility, that that's the wedding garment that each of us needs. And if we come to Mass with a type of stubborn pride and on our own terms, then we're not going to fare any better than the person that went to the wedding feast without the wedding garment, refusing to receive what was handed at the door. And so this is what we can learn today. 
let's see Mass. Let's, have, let's ask for the eyes of faith to see the Mass as a wedding feast, to see how we have been invited and should respond, to have the courage to invite more people to come, to have a mentality that all are welcome in our church. God wants all people to come here, but each of us, we've got to come on God's terms, not on our own. Humbly coming before the Lord, receiving the joy he wants to give us, and celebrating with him this great feast, the wedding of his son, Christ the Lord, with us, the bride, his church.